The funny thing is that when you start to open up your relationship with money, it opens up your relationship with yourself and your life. So the biggest shift that I see is that actually what people experience is a much richer life, literally. So it's then not just money. Plug into the minds of the world's cutting-edge innovators, visionaries, and thought leaders who are rewriting the rules of sales and success. It's your time to make an impact. I am your host, Jason Mark Campbell, and this is the Selling with Love podcast. Hi there, listeners of the Selling with Love podcast. This is your host, Jason Mark Campbell. I'm running a little competition as we're trying to get more people to discover this podcast and the work that inspires those to sell with love more. And the best way to do this is to leave reviews, both on Spotify and on Apple Podcasts. And for those of you who leave a review when listening to this episode, I would ask you to take a screenshot of your review and send it to me at jason at jasonmarkcampbell.com. And in doing so, I'm going to give you a set of meditations that you can use to get into the state of selling with love, whether it's connecting with your buyer, affirmations before making calls or any kind of outreach. These will empower you to be feeling powerful and to be able to do it from a place of love. It is a reward for supporting the show, being a loyal listener, and of course, being able to give more to my amazing audience. Thank you for always showing up, listening, and being inspired by the amazing guests that I get to interview and I get to share their message with you. So again, just leave a review. Take a screenshot of the review. This can be done on Spotify or on Apple Podcasts and email it directly to me, jason at jasonmarkcampbell.com. Thank you. And now let's get started with our episode. Hi, everybody. This is Jason Mark Campbell. Welcome back to the Selling with Love podcast. I'm so excited today because the guest that I'm bringing on is relaunching a new edition of her book, which is Love Money, Money Loves You. So we're going to be talking about this and you'll all get a chance to go into the link in the show notes. There's going to be a bonus there where you can get a copy of this book, which has just released in a new edition, more bonus material, amazing insights coming up. Now, the author is Sarah McCrum, and she's a teacher coach who helps people transform their relationships with money. That's right. This is the episode where we're going to the root of all evil. Or are we supposed to change that relationship? I really hope we do. Because what happens is a lot of us have struggles in sales, especially when we get to the part where money is involved. And so I'm so excited to have Sarah join me today where we're going to go and see what's going on behind the curtains and really unmask what's going on. Sarah, thank you so much for being here. And congratulations on the re-release of your book. Thanks very much, Jason. It's great to be here. Now, I feel like I've touched a note there, which I'm something you've probably heard before, and it's probably something that you really want to change people's opinion on, and it needs to be changed in our beliefs, which is this statement, money being the root of all evil. What the hell's going on there? That is a very big and a very important question. I'm going to just share a little bit about the context of the answer I'm going to give, because otherwise it might sound a bit strange. I had an experience 11 years ago where I found myself writing messages from money. That might sound odd to some people. To some people, maybe it sounds quite normal, but that's just literally what happened. I was journaling. I'd read a little book and it said, what would money like to say to you? And it seemed like money really had quite a lot to say to me. And it started off by saying, I would like to tell you to love me. 
And it went on to explain that it's this very beautiful kind of energy, very powerful, and that it connects human beings together. It connects us through our creativity, obviously through our entrepreneurialism as well, and in many other ways. And I ended up writing lots of messages. That's what's actually in the book that's being re-released. Is literally, it's like messages from money, from the energy of money to you, whoever reads it. So I'm coming from that context when I answer the question, like what's going on here and this root of all evil. And money was very clear to me that like I'm not the devil. It literally says in the very first thing that I wrote, I'm not the devil and I never have been. What I think has happened is that we have simply, probably through a lot of religion and spiritual kind of stuff over thousands of years, we've kind of separated money from goodness. If you think about it, in many of the main traditions, if you want to be a good person, you don't touch money. You need to be poor or you need to beg. Money is just really dangerous because it might stop you from going to heaven or stop you from being a very virtuous person. And I think that's really dug deep into our psyche and much deeper than that. And so there's this underlying thing, and it's particularly common in people who want to do good. So coaches, healers, people who care about the future, conscious business owners, they're particularly drawn to doing good, benefiting the world rather than just making money. And I think they struggle the most with this because there's this underlying fear. It's like, if I go out and make money, and I, am I going to be corrupted? Am I going to become a bad person? All of that stuff. So really, that's what I think lies at the root of a lot of this problem that we have with money. Yeah. Yeah. I, I can only think of that passage in the Bible, right? Which is, you'll probably correct me on this one, which is like, it's easier for a poor man to get. No, no. It's easier for a camel to pass through the eye of the needle than for a rich man to go to heaven. Something like that. And the eye of the needle was a very narrow gate into somewhere, probably Jerusalem. Yes, the implication is that it's very difficult to get to heaven if you're rich. And look, frankly, if you grow up, even if you're not taught that, but it's in your culture, what's that going to do to you if you think about, like, I think most of us have a natural desire for abundance. And many people would just like to be rich, you know, out and out rich. But if you want to be rich and then you've got this kind of thing ringing in your ears, it's like, oh, gosh, what do you do with that? What do you do with the fact you might not go to heaven or you might lose favor with God? You don't need to even believe in God to be affected by that. Yeah, I can see it affected in so many ways because, you know, I often have conversations when it comes to sales trainings and I deal with people with sales blocks. And it's fascinating because a lot of them, let's say, for example, coaches, the conversation that you have in a sales process pre-closing is literally like paralleling what a coaching consultation would look like. The only difference is at the end of it, you need to discuss your pricing and ask for a credit card or a method of payment. And it's that portion that gets people choked up. It changes the energy. And I feel you're right. This whole programming really makes you put a foot on the brake, even as you're asking for abundance. And so... As you had these conversations with money, right? What is it that we should be reframing and how should we be looking at money in a way that we don't need to be kind of, oh, I'm moving forward yet, oh, I gotta go back, something doesn't feel right. The first thing for sure is to really understand that money is this beautiful energy. It's not an ugly energy. It's not a corrupting influence. We can corrupt ourselves in our desire for money, but that's not 
money's fault, that's us. And we can also corrupt ourselves in many different ways. So that's human behavior. Human beings need to take responsibility for what they do with money, not blame it on money. We would be a lot better then. So I think the first thing is simply to understand that money is something beautiful. It's a generous energy. It's an energy that's associated with love. It's an energy that supports you to create more impact. If you think about it, if you restrict yourself from making sales, you're restricting yourself from sharing whatever it is that's valuable that you have to share, which means that you're holding yourself back. It's actually really selfish, I think. It's harsh in a way to say it, but it's actually really selfish not to learn how to make an offer and accept money for it. Because one of the things that I learn is that if you have the right conversation, people will say, oh, how much does that cost? They don't actually come along thinking they're going to get it for free. They think they're going to pay. Because you know what? We go into shops and pay for things every day and we never expect to get it for free. I think we understand paying really well. And we need to understand that if somebody else is going to pay, you need to be able to, to receive their money. Like, why not? This is what I love about having a conversation with you because it's something so similar to what I want to advocate in the world. Because in my definition, it's like money is nothing more than stored energy. And so it's been one of the greatest creations to allow us to do business easier, to have a standard way of looking at energy that we can exchange and make things flow. And it's this flow of energy that brings us so much of the abundance and impact we want to see in the world that wants to get better. And so I love the fact that we're talking about this and that we're really addressing it. But I find still there's like, there's something that needs to be done to change this belief. It's like, I can hear this conversation. I'm like, okay, Sarah, okay, Jason, nice. But something still comes up. Like, is there exercises I can do? Is there a process of me learning? Like, how do I really start healing this part? What I've found through many years of teaching and a lot of people is that it's not so much about the exercises and the process. It's actually more about consciousness. It's more about really taking on board the message that money shared with me through my book. That was its way, I think, to share that with us. Really taking on board that it's something different from what you've thought, that we have genuinely misunderstood it. And then asking yourself, how can I relate with this thing that perhaps up until now I've tried to ignore, or maybe I've hated, or I've rejected, or whatever your particular story is, or I've been really greedy and needy for? Think about it like a relationship. This is the most helpful thing. And if you have a relationship where you completely ignore the other person, or you're really needy, or it's like, oh, I just want more, you're never enough, you never give me enough, like, I feel really resentful, because I never have enough of you, it's not going to be a great relationship. So we all know at least a little bit how to love, how to receive love, and how to relate with another being. The most helpful thing in relation to money is to see it that way and approach it that way. And then you'll start to soften. You won't be so demanding and pushy. You also won't be so rejecting and ignoring of this very beautiful energy. And that's the beginning of the change. It takes deep relationship skills, I think, to create a really healthy, lifelong relationship with money. It's going to probably go longer than a marriage. Mm. Yeah. 
Yeah, it's so funny. As you're speaking of this, you answered a couple of questions already, which is for the example of someone that doesn't have money blocks, but they're just they're just wanting it. They're like, I I love money, I want money, but it still doesn't come to me. Why? I'm I'm making my affirmations. I'm 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 manifesting. I'm I'm doing all the things that I'm hearing, yet I'm still struggling. And it sounds to me like this parallels very much like an anxious bonding in a relationship with money. Is that what's going on here? Yeah, definitely. That that's part of it. And money, when it what it communicated to me is that we need to relax and enjoy. So that kind of there's a kind of anxiety that goes with what you're talking about, and like constantly focusing on it. And again, you can imagine if you're if you're the focus of somebody in a relationship, and they're so needy of you, it's really uncomfortable to be on the other side. It doesn't create an easy flow. We want to create an easy flow of money. And that comes through relaxation. So being relaxed about money, not worrying about it, not being stressed about it, which sounds hard, but it's not that hard. Actually, you can make the choice to worry about it or not worry about it. It's just better not to worry about it because worrying about it doesn't make money. It never has. It's never going to make you any money. So just let go of that. And then more enjoyment means you're more relaxed, you're more open, you're more receptive. And What tends to happen is when the money comes, you actually notice. I often see people, they're very focused. They think, well, it's got to come from over here. There's this client. I'm going to focus on this person and, you know, make my offer and get my sale. And someone else is almost literally offering you money on the other side. And you're so busy looking at what you think it should be that you don't notice where it's actually coming from. So when we're enjoying, we're just much more open and, and we tend to notice things and we don't get so focused and tight around things. It makes a huge difference in your relationship with money. Yeah. I could just imagine how much it shifts the energy on how you show up everywhere. And again, you're not coming from a place of scarcity. You're not coming from a place of fear. And again, I'd say those are the languages that aren't resonating with the energy of love, which is really what we want to step into. But I do want to make a distinction here because I could be listening to this and thinking, Oh, are you saying like, I shouldn't be doing budgeting? I shouldn't care about my accounting? Like that seems to be the other side of the coin that's going too far. So what's going on on that front? That's a really good question. So if you think about something that you take care of. So I actually sometimes look at men who love their car. Can you imagine a guy who loves his car, like not taking care of all the details? It's probably a bit old fashioned. I, I kind of remember almost from my childhood, those people, you know, like they polish their car and they clean it. Oh, okay, so I'm talking to the right person. Can you imagine being kind of slapdash about something that you love? So budgeting and looking after your bookkeeping if you're in business and cultivating your relationship with money, which means doing the active things you need to do in business, making sure that all your bank accounts are working properly and your payment methods, and there are no blockages anywhere, and that your sales, whatever, however you organize your sales and your marketing, it's all working. This is all part of taking care of that message. Like, if you just look at your car and love it, and it gets covered in mud, and you never clean it, and you never put petrol in it, that's not love. That's completely fake love. Love actually is action. It's not It's not just sitting around admiring things. Mm-hmm. I love it. I'd be curious to hear some of the stories of what you've encountered when people start reframing this. Like, what happens? Like, have you had personal experiences of students that basically start applying this? And like, what did that shift look like when they really embodied this? 
It looks like a lot of different things. The funny thing is that when you start to open up your relationship with money, it opens up your relationship with yourself and your life. So the biggest shift that I see is that actually what people experience is a much richer life, literally. So it's then not just money. At the money level, I've seen extraordinary results. Like I remember somebody who he'd been looking for investment for a long time, like years. And the previous eight months, his stress levels on his phone were like off the charts. It looked really terrible. And I just very quickly helped him to like just shift things around a little bit and relax and get through that stress. And literally he went back to somebody who refused him over and over again. And he raised $25 million very shortly afterwards. Now that sounds like a lot of money. It was appropriate to him. I have another investment story of somebody who just when COVID hit and everyone said, oh, investment is finished. She, she needed investment for her business. And she went the other way. She learned all about money and this relationship with money. She got totally into it. And she completely disproved what everyone else was thinking. She had phenomenally successful raises for her business just because she went in really positive about money and people were coming to her rather than her going to them. But on the other hand, I've seen, I remember I got an email from somebody who she said, Sarah, she came to a workshop, which is like a few hours workshop. And she was sick that day. She said, you might remember because remember me, I was the person who was sick and I sat on the side she came back, she said, I've read your book seven times and I've cleared up two genetic health problems, one maternal, one paternal, which was huge for her. And I have been only able to just about afford my expenses until now. And I've been wanting to earn $5,000. I think it was $4,000 a month. I've just had my first $5,500 month. It was just a beautiful story because she did that fundamentally from reading the book and taking on board a different relationship with money. So of course, there are always plenty of stories like that. I think the thing that's most important for me is when I see people finding this freedom inside themselves. Because once you're free, you can create whatever business you want, whatever results you want, whatever outcomes are right for you. And no one can tell you, you should raise this much money or you should make this much money in your business because it is truly your choice. It's your life. And that's what I think means the most to me. That is brilliant because I feel like we all have a certain frequency that we want to attract as far as money comes. And it's sometimes we try to aim for more than what is actually something we really want. We get influenced by external sources that are telling you, you got to go out there, go do this, that. And sometimes if you calm down and maybe just nurture a healthier relationship, you'll find that there is adequate that comes your way. And that kind of brings me to one type of example or person that I'd love to just dig more about what's happening there is there's some that are possessed, you could almost say, with the accumulation of money. It becomes their end all be all. They're hustling, they're working hard. Maybe it's sacrificing their relationships, their health, family. It's just money. It's almost like even wanting more power. And they're able to attract a lot of money, but you see there's almost like a dark energy about the way it was accumulated and the behaviors of this individual. What's the conversation to be had around that? Fundamentally, that person has a lot of fear. And it's the fear 
that drives that kind of behavior. Now, probably we could break it down and, you know, if, if we got to see a particular individual, they're, they're all going to be a little bit different. But that's what I've seen is that there's a huge amount of fear, which creates a lot of inner pain. And there may then be stories that confirm that pain, losses. A lot of people in that kind of situation have had a lot of very challenging situations. They've been betrayed. They've been cheated. They've had all kinds of very abusive behavior happen to them. I think that happens a lot in business. I work quite a lot actually with karma. I think often people who have this very strong relationship with money that's clearly beyond this lifetime. Some people, they have it already when they're kids. You can see they're made, that they're just made for it. I think there's often a lot of stuff that's happened from my perspective in previous lives that hasn't been cleaned up. And that can often be the root of the fear. You know, maybe you've done some fairly nasty things. Most of us have. I've certainly done some fairly nasty things in previous lives, never really cleaned it up. And then I just, you know, you come into this life and there's this root, this knot inside you of insecurity. Like there's a desire for that power and a fear that if you have it, something awful is going to happen and you don't know what to do with yourself. And it's those kinds of things that create obsession and possession and all this addictive behavior. So yes, there is a dark energy around that. And I think that's one of the important things with my book is that when you understand that money is an energy of love, you can't operate from fear anymore. Like You have to start making different decisions because you see through your own stories, your own delusions. Sarah, I absolutely love everything you teach, the ethos of what you're bringing. It's so aligned to what I want to bring to the world as well. So I'm so excited that you came on the show and shared these insights with us. I speak about this as well. I actually call something called a fear pride paradox, which is this getting into an addictive behavior around wanting, wanting, but it comes from this place of scarcity. And so I want to encourage everybody who's loving this conversation, wants to go deeper, please take a moment, click on the link in the show notes, go on Amazon, love money, money loves you. From Sarah McCrum, go and grab a copy. The new edition has just released. Some new insights are being included as well. Uh, it's always a big support for an author when they do a re-release to be able to buy on the day of the release. So please take a moment and go get a copy right now. It's been an absolute pleasure to have this conversation. And of course, this is what we wanted to do is make you realize that money is a relationship that you want to work with and have a healthy relationship with. And the fact that love is what is the primary emotion of money, you need to be loving as well. Not coming from a place of guilt, not coming from a place of fear, not trying to sabotage yourself, but really building a healthy relationship with that money. And looking at the ways that it parallels with your relationship with other humans. And if you were in a conversation with money, what would they tell you on how you've been treating them? And if you start healing that part, you'll realize that you'll be able to get into those conversations about offering value, making an impact and being able to collect the money because you'll have a healed relationship to understand that this is an exchange of energy and money is a beautiful thing. Sarah, it was an absolute pleasure to have you. And I have to ask one more question, which is one I love to ask all my guests on the show, which is, what does selling with love mean to you? The things that I've created, I sell courses mostly, are things that I've made with love. I really care about them. And especially, I really care about the experience that another person has as a result of participating in that. So selling with love is really offering that to somebody with love. And if it's something that would be good for them and they want it, 
it's just a completely natural process. Like, why would you soul without love? I, it, it doesn't make any sense to me. <laughs> it's like, of course you'd soul with love. You'd do everything with love if you can. It's no different. So, yeah, to me, it's it's a way of offering something beautiful to another person that respects and honors them and their decision and who they are and what they want. It's a beautiful thing to do. Sarah, absolutely love it. Thank you so much for coming on the show and for everybody tuning in. Thanks for coming back. We will see you on a future episode of Selling with Love. And of course, go out there and keep coming from a place of love where that relationship is with sales and or money. Thank you so much. I am your host, Jason Mark Campbell, and this is the Selling with Love podcast. mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.